Coming up in this podcast, WA growth, crown jobs, penalty rates and tourism. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Pownall. And I'm Dan Wilkie. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Dan, uh, welcome back again, covering for Mark Beyer, who's away. Uh, Thanks, Mark. First up, the data show that there are some green shoots, or at least we didn't go backwards recently. What's that? Yeah, the December figures out from the ABS on GDP show that for the first time since 2015, there was actually some growth in the WA economy. Um, That's actually snapped a streak of five quarters in a row of contraction, and that was driven by a lift in spending by both the public and private sectors. So it's a bit of confidence coming out. I mean, we all sort of started hearing the talk of green shoots in December, you know, across a lot of sectors, um, but it's really encouraging to see that coming out in the stats. But I must temper that and say everything is still down about 10% on the from the peak, so there's still definitely room for improvement here in WA. Yeah, right, and I guess it's worth remembering that property prices are still uh, tempered somewhat after a little bit of a, some good news at the end of last year. Uh, now, speaking of kind of economic issues, Crown Perth uh, slashed 200 jobs from its workforce. What was that all about? Yeah, that was interesting. Um, Crown, when we contacted them, they wouldn't say how many exactly, um, but it was reported pretty widely that 200 jobs were, were the figure after high roller revenue came back by 38%. Now, Crown actually said that they that they said that we still employ 5,500 people, we're a significant um, player in WA, so you, you know losing a, a few jobs isn't too bad. But um, late last year, they told our researchers for our hotels list that they employed 6,100 people, so that would suggest 600 jobs have disappeared. Um, I don't know the exact figure because they wouldn't confirm it to us. Um, but in any case, it's not ideal for a resort that's just opened the doors on a new $600 million hotel designed specifically for high rollers. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot in this story, Dan, and as you know, they've had that big drama in China um, and uh, the a lot of employees, Crown employees, that were there to market to the so-called whales, the VIPs, or the high rollers, whichever you want to call them, uh, bring those people out to Perth and, and their other resorts. Uh, a lot of, I can't recall how many, 13 people, I think, were arrested. That puts a big hole in your business plan. Um, and back at head office, uh, uh, they have basically the CEO's gone, um, Chairman uh, John Alexander's come in as executive chairman. Um, uh, they have uh, Barry Felstead, who was here in WA and became the head of Australian Resorts, is now pretty much a leading figure in what they're trying to do, a turnaround. They're trying to fix this problem up. Um, and I guess what they've decided is that if their high rollers aren't coming and it's massive amount of turnover that they bring, um, that they're going to have to stem the flow there. So. I don't know whether they've cut back elsewhere. I'd be surprised given they have launched new hotels, but certainly it makes sense that if they've not got the income in that very particular part of their business, they're cutting back. So uh, I guess let's watch this space. Mm, yeah, a bit of an auspicious start for what really is a magnificent facility. I mean, if you, if you go through it, it is a pretty impressive building. Yeah, so once the stadium starts, that's going to be, you know, that is really going to be a major uh, precinct for entertainment. So I suspect they'll be, uh, you know, bringing more staff on, but, you know, VIP room bit different. Um, now, during the state election campaign this week, Colin Barnett said that penalty rates should be cut in the tourism sector. What was he proposing? 
Uh, so, yeah, he, he's just saying that it really should reflect that the tourism industry is a 24-7 operation and he, he doesn't want to see cafes closed on Sundays in tourism um, hotspots because it costs pretty much double to, to get your staff on. Um, now, that's emerged as an election issue. He's he, After the Fair Work Commission last week, um, that they made the historic decision to cut... Uh, Sunday rates for pharmacy, fast food, hospitality and retail workers, which Mr Barnett said should also apply to award workers in WA. Um, obviously the business community has welcomed that sort of a commitment. Um, it's been long a big imposition, especially in the hospitality sector, those extra costs. Mark McGowan, he's on the other side, he said he's pretty concerned for low income earners facing pay cuts um, and you know it does make things a little bit more difficult for people like university students that rely on that extra income on a Sunday because they simply can't work during the week so there's you can see an argument on both sides um, in any case uh, it, it will be interesting to see though um, just from a personal perspective if it gets a little bit cheaper for a pint at the pub on Sunday <laughs> as a as a flow on from a reduced cost base for pub owners yeah well I'm actually surprised that Colin Barnett has dived into this and I I think he is maybe picking his moment better than what's happened uh, nationally. The Fair Work Commission, of course, picked the moment for Malcolm Turnbull, but it's been a bit ugly for him because he's fighting that that battle on a, with a different economy in mind, a national economy. But here, I don't know. Uh, in election campaign, he's got the same. He's actually brought the issue up. Um, I think there are a lot of people who can't find work, and I think there's lots of businesses that would like to be open more often, can't afford to be. And like you say, yes, some people who have that weekend work will lose, but I'm hearing a lot of students can't find that kind of work at the moment because there's a lot of, a lot of um, competition for those kind of jobs. So maybe if we saw some more businesses open, we have more people employed. Mm. That's the hope, isn't it? Mm. Uh, now, Dan, speaking of tourism, you've done a major feature on the sector this week. Yeah, yeah, having a close look at, um, I guess, the next steps for WA because a long time in Western Australia, Hotels were the big issue in growing Perth and and the greater region and greater state as a, a real I guess global tourism destination. Now, there's, it's been widely reported there's about three thousand rooms in the development pipeline and some pretty big names are coming as well. Ritz Carlton, we've got Western, we've got Marriott coming. So obviously, they some big international groups pouring billions of dollars in shows that we've got a product to sell. Um, so. Tourism WA has got two interesting strategies emerging. Um, for a long time, they've promoted WA as a state, as a whole, as the identity. I mean, even their latest campaign, Just Another Day in WA, it doesn't mention Perth, and, that, and that's in mostly in international markets like Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia and Hong Kong that have been identified as really growth areas, which makes sense because, you know, those are the same markets said to be interested in property over here and said to be interested in educating their kids over here. So the first step, get them over for a holiday, show them how good Perth is, mm. get them interested. Now, the second interesting strategy is having a look at the east, um, getting East Coast visitors here. And that's all stemming from the redevelopment of the Bustleton Airport. So the state government's spending about $50 million um, upgrading the, the airport there, opening up the airport to get A320 and B737 aircraft, which Sydney, Melbourne, Singapore, Bali, um, those are the, the first four locations. Um, Sydney and Melbourne, the initial target, Singapore, Bali is sort of a, a plan for the future. Now, a lot of eastern states people, they're not even aware that we've got the southwest, and those that are aware don't want to fly for five hours and get in the car and drive for three hours to get there. So ostensibly, you'd think that the direct flights to Buston will really open up the, the tourism industry in the southwest. So there's a few operators gearing up for that, um, looking to um, build some new resorts and, and that sort of thing. But the only concern I can see, really, um, if we're going to get a 
a plane load of tourists from Brisbane and a plane uh, from Melbourne, sorry, and a plane load of tourists from Sydney every day over the peak period. How is Margaret River and Dunsborough going to cope? Because I don't know if you've been down there during school holidays, which you probably have, like everyone else in Perth, it gets pretty gnarly trying to get a park uh, in town sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, that's the nature of it. I guess places cope eventually, don't they? Interesting, though, that that all this hotel construction is in Perth, and yet the opportunity is down south. So it'll be interesting to see if some of those operators look to put some more infrastructure down there. Yeah, you'd think that there'd be some sort of flow on development over the next couple of years. All right, we look forward to uh, reading more of that online on Monday. Um, And look, it's our biggest night of the year on Wednesday with the 40 Under 40 Awards. We'll host about 700 people for that big event, so stay tuned to hear who the winners are. And to celebrate, we're bringing down our paywall, so if you're not a subscriber, why not log in on Thursday and delve around all the news and data uh, that you might not otherwise be able to see. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Beyer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.